Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, Stuart Eminen, and David LaFuentes. Sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Oh my God, that was beautiful. That was great. That was beautiful. We're talking Ultimate Spider-Man. Specifically, (laughs) when I read this volume, (laughs) (laughs) we are talking about chatting up volume 22 of ultimate spider-man entitled ultimatum this is the big one folks um i am your host the sensational eric zana and i'm joined by the only two men who i would trust to dive into a flooded city to fish me out of the water First off, you heard his sultry, dulcet tones. It's the friendly neighborhood Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello. And needing no introduction, the spectacular Jacob Brown. Hey, true believers. We're here, gentlemen. We have made it through 22 volumes of the original Ultimate Spider-Man run. This is the last volume of that original Ultimate Spider-Man run. And that is an important distinction for later. Remember that. It's a special tool. We'll save for later. (laughs) This volume specifically is something that I did not expect you know, when you slap on the name ultimatum to literally anything having to do with comics, there's an audible groan and all of a sudden I start to feel nauseous. This volume surprised the the hell out of me. This volume is actually pretty great. It's a good, really good. The it's- only good thing about the event ultimatum is literally the ultimate Spider-Man tie-ins. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So specifically listeners um this is a volume that is going to contain not just the main issues of the ultimate spider-man book so this is annual number three we've got issues 129 through i believe 133 and then we've also got ultimate spider-man ultimatum requiem issues one and two requiem Revengeance. That's a good movie. Uh, the five. Aronofsky, very good film. <laughs> Stop. Ultimate Spider-Man by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, give me that. Oh God! So, It'd be literal. Let me tell you something. The annual would be very different. It would have a very very different. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was a volume that I was not uh, I was not prepared for. But real quick, Malcolm who was missing uh, last week. We finally found him. He was sitting on a park bench in uh, in a nearby park in Tucson, Arizona. No yes. one was sitting with yeah. him, though we found a weird collection of left-footed shoes next to him. There was like three or four different shoes that didn't match anything. Um, yeah, I went to go get a bite to eat, and I, uh, I don't really remember much after that. Hey, man, I get it. I'm that hungry. just make me hungry, too. So... I'm back. Right now. 
<laughs> Jacob's eating right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> why is there a balloon next to you? Anyway, oh, no, so we are we're talking volume 22 ultimatum we're going to talk the annual first and then we're going to go into the ultimatum event itself and then we're going to continue on okay so that's that's kind of the plan i've got here so let's just go ahead and dive in we got a lot to talk about folks <laughs> we got a lot to talk about it's the so end it's the end of the it's like the end era. of the road so yeah this is the end <laughs> Hold your breath and count to ten. Oh man, this is gonna be a musical episode, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Hell yeah! Does yeah. the sky fall? Let the sky fall, dude. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Skyfall as the theme for Ultimatum makes it Ultimatum better. All, yeah, yeah. Face it all together. and Ultimatum. Ah. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm oh, into it. that's good. Change the, okay, so it's like ultimatum, 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 ultimatum. Someone, okay, someone needs, someone who can sing that's better than up. we can. That's and is better at audio, audio editing audio than we are. Someone do a, do a cover of Skyfall, just the replacing Skyfall. Skyfall with Ultimatum. You need to change literally nothing else. No, you gotta put in there that like Magneto has me all near. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure, sure. You can <laughs> you gotta somewhere you can find it. Somewhere you can find it. But otherwise, at the end, be like, also Magneto has me all near. It's just a just a quick little like a legal at the end of a commercial. Yeah, exactly. Also, Magneto has me all near. <laughs> but nothing else. You have to change it with those lyrics because they match up so well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate spider-man annual number three i remember because it was last week i flipped open this uh this particular issue and i was like what in the crunchy roll hell is this okay what in the funimation okay, okay. here we go <laughs> i was not prepared for this art change this david is lafuente this is w- adorable david lafuente and i'm not saying it's bad at all but i wasn't prepared for the art change because i was just getting used to the Stuart imminent of it all um i was thrown off very quickly but eventually like after a few pages i was like okay i'm in on this yeah but this immediately sets it as oh this is a love issue immediately yeah. from the first panel we have uh mary jane and peter laying in bed together and i just have to mention something okay <laughs> that I've you said always that? <laughs> Now that I've said this, I've always called Mary Jane MJ. That's just been, it's shorthand for literally everybody and everything. Everyone calls her MJ. This book, because it started in the first issue calling her Mary. Mary? I now call her Mary Jane. God damn. I have to say the whole thing. And I'm like, when is that switch over? Someone's going to have to go back into the previous sessions of the book club and find <laughs> oh, out when no. that switchover came for me. That's so funny. I would be very interested. That's uh, funny. You know, I've always said Mary Jane purely because of the cartoon and because of this, I guess. I never have. Yeah. The I've, cartoon, I would, he's always, I would say, Mary Jane! That's true. But I've still always <laughs> called her MJ. It's MJ and Gwen. Like, those are, that. that's the distinction for me. But, yeah, yeah it was weird. But, so we find the two of them having a really lovey-dovey moment. And uh, it very quickly turns into a very uh, awkward high school moment, which is, you know, that first time in a relationship when you think of, hey, should we take things to the next level? And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because, listeners, 
we're grown adult men and yep. we're not going to spend much time talking about this because i think that'd be weird wait, so yeah, wait well, what are you talking about eric uh, i'm still i'm still trying to understand what they're talking about in this actually um we're going to talk off mic and basically just just when you're older you'll understand jacob wait yeah is this have to do with the the fake baby that's in there is this uh, a yes so I, um i absolutely love the immediate swerve after that page of clearly just see them they're in school and mj has the fake baby on there i i think that's such a good story visual gag it's very it makes you double take you're like what that is so (laughs) funny like (laughs) i also love to to speak of the anime of it all um mary jane's face immediately seeing peter and just bolting down the hallway yeah yeah i love it david lafuente is wonderful um can i can as a little sneak peek behind the curtain here do it. Wait, what? Oh. Uh, David LaFuente, get used to his art for this book. <gasps> really? Okay. Oh. I was he's say. the artist when it comes back. Really? What? Really? That's awesome. Okay, for Ultimate Interesting. Okay. He is the artist. This, this artwork slaps, guys. It, for, the, for the listeners, like I love this. It artwork. takes me a little bit to get used to. Love I immediately love the way that you were with Stuart Eminem. I think this is gonna take me a little. Yes, <laughs> this is my Stuart Eminem. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy. So uh, it, it's gonna take a bit for me to get used to this because it's so different from Eminem's art. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad. It's not bad in any way. I also I love. I love. I will say about La Fuente's art. I love how he draws Kong because Kong looks like a teenager. Kong where, looks like a teenager. Where yeah. with Eminem and sometimes even with Bagley, it's like, what is this grown adult man doing palling around with these teenagers? <laughs> He's I, like Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally if Brian hey Michael there, Bendis people. walked into the high school and was like, "What's up, my fellow teens? <laughs> I've got a soul patch." I can't uh, say. Um, I, I can't it. say anything. I had a soul patch in high school as well. That see, that's, that's, that's yeah. Also, uh, I, I love the fashion in all of this. I think everyone's clothing in general is just very era appropriate and yeah. like very age appropriate. I the baggy like, jeans, love, oh, the baggy, yeah, baggy jeans, jeans, like Kitty with the skirt over jeans, like over the jeans. It, yep, it all oh, works. So that brings me back to straight up like Ashley Tisdale red carpet shit. Oh yes, that she always wore that. That's one hundred percent what she's wearing because it was that moment, and she is the moment. And yeah, just I looking at this, I'm like, yes, this is what I was wearing in high school. Like, yeah. how did I not read this book in high school? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy thinking about it now. Um, I also I do love how bobbleheaded he makes Spider Man look. Yeah. Oh my God! His it's head so is gigantic. gigantic. Spider Man is gorgeous. Yes. I that first panel where you see Spider Man, yeah, just gangly Fucking arms and a giant awesome. ass head, like yeah. that's the melon. anime Spider Man that I need. If you th- I, if like, you I want it. this cartoon. <laughs> yeah, this is the design that the Ultimate Spider Man show should have had. Should have had. It should have looked like LaFuente's art. Yes. Yeah, and it's he, dumb that it doesn't. He he mm-hmm. looks like uh, he looks like uh, uh, a picture uh, a more anatomically uh, drawn 
like a spider in in the first like take like you know it's yes. like the top of the head it kind of looks yes. like yes. a man but it's he more... looks like a spider actually yeah. <laughs> he looks like a spider man <laughs> backpack on and everything too to make his back look a little bigger i, I love like, the backpack yeah. i love yeah. anytime you see spidey with a backpack oh love it. Uh, this reminded me this that's why i love this art is because this reminded me of um the uh marvel manga series yeah the manga verse for yeah, sure yeah. manga verse that's why mm -hmm. this this slaps for me so much is because yes. of how much that reminds me of that and how much i loved anime spider-man <laughs> anyway, i love this art Ugh. yes so spidey is stopping a carjacking runaway car and he's i i love how kinetic this is like mm -hmm. um there is a uh, there's an interview that we're doing for the main podcast coming up pretty soon that this reminded me very much of their their art yes. style yes yes it's it very does. kinetic it's very fast you can feel how dire everything you can feel the speed yeah. of it yeah yeah a car is moving like it is yes. actually in motion on I, I expected keanu and sandra to poke their heads out of the windows <laughs> you could feel the speed here can you not go below not 30 miles <laughs> <laughs> so eventually uh he's able to through shenanigans get the car to stop thanks to his webs however uh it explodes which is great for no reason uh, <laughs> that, that's how you know this is an anime yeah. cars explode yeah. for no reason that explosion pose too is so good like yeah. Yeah. everyone clearly feels the impact of that explosion yeah. in a way down Arms to like the flailing in the, in the back his sleeve is rippling like yeah. from the explosion like that it's so good it's so good <laughs> so we then cut to midtown high the next day and we are reacquainted with jessica jones who i will say i do like her design in this art style more than previously it works yeah. better in this art style than it does in uh in, it, it was imminent who introduced her right yeah right yeah. because yeah. she yeah, she was, looks yeah. like every scene girl that i was in love with in high school uh-huh like Same right down, to the, with you. down yeah. to the piercing yep yeah. <laughs> high school what a time yeah so everyone's trying to figure out like we need to figure out who spider-man is we know he goes to school here and she's and she basically puts out a challenge to the rest of their little journalism club like we need to follow spider-man we need to follow Spider-Man. And she even says, follow Spider-Man, your life will change forever. Which makes Mary Jane very, very uh, nervous. And even when she finally decides to go talk to Peter at lunch, the two of them, and Peter is obviously an, a uh, Naruto fan, uh, <laughs> sitting, at, sitting at the uh, lunch table, yeah. the two of them have this awkward conversation. And this was... I don't know what about it, but all of a sudden this turned into a Degrassi episode for me. It's super Degrassi. Yeah, and I kind yeah. of love that. Yeah, like it Degrassi was really my shit. And it's yeah, I I don't know. I love it. I I really do. And again, this is something when it's like big walls of text that I don't usually like, but the way that it's illustrated, the way that it's utilized, it's done very well here. Yeah, Bendis uh, and Lafuente work really well together. It's Agreed. really funny because in the background, the, the background is even telling a story while the two of yeah. them are talking. It's that's what I found was really funny and distracting. Is I love that in artwork is that 
the artists still have fun in the background there. Like yeah. there's, there's somebody oh, yeah. like in trouble back there. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and everyone so, has a story. Like everyone is a live character and has even just like a degree of agency because there's stuff going on everywhere. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, uh, earlier in the car chase, you know, the first time you see the car, like it's almost knocking down this woman. Like this woman's like falling on the floor. Yeah. But like she clearly <laughs> was going somewhere. Like it, again, just, I don't know. It works so well. So Spidey flashes back to after the car explodes and he is introduced to our new police captain, Captain Dennis Quaid. I mean, uh, Frank Quaid. <laughs> Frank Quaid. <laughs> yeah. We've seen it a few times. Yes. Have we? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they even talk about it. Like I helped you with the thing with the shocker. He's the yeah. one who Kitty brought the tape to. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, uh, yes, yeah. We had also seen him before that, like a couple of times. We've, okay. we've seen Frank Quaid for a bit, but this is the first time that like Spider-Man's actually meeting Frank Quaid. Yeah, we put him in the forefront here. That's what okay. he's saying, yeah. I think for me, I was confused for a moment because the coloring on this specific page of him. He looks less black. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was yes. like, I've never seen this man before in my life. I yeah. think and it's, then the it's, fire. it's the fire. It's the fire. Yeah, but a fire doesn't... Anyway. It's the shadow. I've never seen you next the... to a fire. I've never seen you next to a, a car on fire. Maybe that's a different fire. That's the thing, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the light from your room right now. It's kind of just giving you this ambience, basically. How do you know what my room looks like, Jacob? <laughs> um, so, so uh, but it is, it is Captain Frank Quaid. You're right. We, uh, we are able to identify him. He's Quaid. worked with, uh, worked with Spidey before. And then, we cut back to the police station, which is always fun to see. What's Embrace going on. change! Embrace, Embrace change! Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, yeah. you want to give us a uh, quick, quick context so, for this? So, Spider Woman is yelling, "Embrace change!" That is because this book came out in 2008, which is during the hit event, Secret Invasion, where the Scrolls had secretly invaded, and superheroes find out that the Scrolls have place many people across the world uh, especially in the superhero community so who was their leader the scroll queen who had replaced spider-woman <laughs> and that was the 616 today <laughs> featuring malcolm russell nelson stay tuned next time <laughs> or today in the 616 yeah 616 minute <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 616 minutes yeah. uh... <laughs> so we see uh spidey brought in with um with quaid and the two of them get to uh get to talking about what's going on with this bank robbery there is some weirdness going on because the robbery happened after the car departed and everyone is apparently this is a pattern this is happened a few times a fourth time in fact and then captain frank quaid drops the name mm -hmm. mysterio you see a video footage too which is cool mm -hmm. of a man with his head on fire and i was like dormammu <laughs> <laughs> little did you know uh, <laughs> little did i know that dormammu was coming <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, uh peter and mj are still in a weird weird spot because he's like yeah um 
this Mysterio guy is doing stuff. She's like, okay, cool. I'm going to investigate it. And I kind of love when they're not on the same page. It's kind of yeah. great. Yeah. And then we also see in the seedy underbelly that is Greenwich Village, uh, Frank Quaid's assistant Maggie is going to meet. Oh, with- you mean Felicity Smoke? Yes. Felicity <laughs> <laughs> Smoke. Oh my god! I was actually going to say Carly Cooper, but uh... <laughs> don't don't put that disrespect on Carly Cooper. <laughs> Carly Cooper's oh the best. <laughs> Carly Cooper rules. Um, rules. We find out that uh, Maggie is actually a double agent for Mysterio, and that she's uh, she's feeding him information, and we are officially introduced to this much less flamboyant Mysterio. He's straight up just what you would expect to see in an early 2000s superhero movie. He's like if uh, he's like if a street magician was uh, had more special effects, basically. He's, you know, he's Chris Angel in his off days. Yes. He's still just dressed in all black, but just <laughs> enough to be like, is that guy a magician? You know who he looks like a little bit? He looks not too dissimilar from our boy Mr. Freeze from the Batman cartoon. Ooh. You are not wrong. Yeah. Except yeah, yeah. if Mr. Freeze just wore a black turtleneck. Wore a black yeah. turtleneck and like beads around his hand, like a yeah. like a like a rosary around his hand. I, yeah. I do kind of love that touch. I, I love this design. It's very I think weird. actually I think Good. it's so sick. <laughs> it is so cool. The the eyes around the the so called beads he has and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the fact that the eyes there and it's also on the on the design, bracer yeah. like around his neck. Like yes. yeah, That's I cool. I love this design. And I love I love the the silhouette of the face and the flame. So cool. Spider Man goes so to cool. punch him in the face and his fist just goes right through it like it's just ectoplasm. Like it's it's, it's, it's yeah. very mind freak. It's which I love. So sick. Very mind freak. <laughs> uh, Mysterio says, "You know, we'll do this thing with me and you when I'm good and ready." And he just warps out of there. I was like, "What everything. the hell? What is Ultimate Mysterio doing?" I don't get it. It's it's pretty exciting. So good. Um, also, I feel it might be just me, but I feel like Spidey's head in proportion to his body gets bigger as the issue goes on. Yeah, because there's a panel on the next page where he's rested up against a cop car. His head is the same size as his torso. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. I'm like, we we have we have moved into my hero academia territory. We are. It's because he's got the big dumb hair. So my my spider academia, my spider academia, my spider arachnophobia. There we go. (laughs) My spider macadamia nut cookie. (laughs) I love it. And later on, we see him show up to uh, Mary Jane's room, not creeping at all. And the two of them have this frank conversation about the thing that teenagers talk about for their relationships and she says tell me something good tell me something oh sorry (laughs) and she does tell him something good because she says i am ready to take that next step but i'm not ready yet and he says okay and i love that they're able to have this conversation and this is the first time that peter drops hey i want to marry you love it yeah beautiful i love them it's wonderful Uh, the the panel where they kiss 
is beautiful. It's like she's crying uh, to, to invoke like, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. It's very much like when Ramona and Scott first kiss and the hearts come off. Yes. Like every kiss. But yes. instead of actual hearts, it's like plasma energy is coming off of them. Like in the background, it's, it's it. an effect I've never seen in a comic before. And I, I always remember this. It's I so cool. I always remember this panel. The I think shadowing cool. feels like a Top Gun like moment. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. a silhouette of light and black. Yeah. Oh, it's you could so totally cool. hear Lady Gaga's new song for Top Gun Maverick playing while this <laughs> is going on. I will yes. take your word for it. I haven't heard it yet because I'm take trying not to. That could be used too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they make out to end the issue and then the final page, which I really love, is we cut back over to Mysterio's former hideout, which has been blown to smithereens, and we see Mysterio returns. He standing there in the middle of the building. So it's like, did he actually leave? Did he just disappear for a moment to throw everybody off the scent? And we see that his focus has now shifted. Spider-Man. And then he warps out, leaving like a little eyeball, like shape as he does i'm i love when villains aren't villains because of the hero but then shift their focus because yep. this guy screwed with them uh <laughs> tombstone right now <laughs> tombstone. <laughs> read the amazing spider-man series i know that a lot of people are hot about it but it's good god damn good <laughs> so we now cut to issue 129 Oh, real quick, uh, that mysterious story is what we come back to in the next volume as well. Yes! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, the next Cla- volume classic, is uh, Fuente. It is them wor- figuring out what's going on with this. Hell yeah. So classic cool. uh, MCU, Mysterio will return. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, because I was going to say, just like the James Bond movies, with James Bond will return. Yes, <laughs> but, that too. But, uh, <laughs> sure, I guess it's more appropriate to Dude. go with the other. Yeah. Daniel Craig as a Mysterio would have been boss. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Especially yeah. this version of Mysterio, because yeah. we know Daniel Craig can rock a turtleneck. There, oh, first of all, oh my God, he would look so hot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but uh, there is another ultimate. I think I've alluded to this before. There is another ultimate character that we will get to at some point that clearly, I am 100% certain, was designed with Daniel Craig in mind. Okay, I'm excited. And we will get to that. I'm excited. But for now, we get to something that I'm very excited about because the cover of Chapter 129 is bringing back our girl. I mean, best Spider-Woman. I'm going to go Spider-Woman. Best Spider-Woman, yeah. Best Spider-Woman, 100%. Yeah. I would even go so far as to say best Spider-Person in the Ultimate Universe right now. She's got my heart. Shit. She's got my heart. Fuck. She's the greatest. (laughs) So we cut to Soho, Manhattan where Johnny Storm is unsuccessfully on a second date with this person for some reason. (laughs) It's like, for some reason. I don't get it. Publicity, man. Publicity Publicity for her. I don't know why he said okay to this. Mm -hmm. And so he calls Peter to try and uh, do that thing where it's like, hey, can you call me in like five minutes and be my excuse I love that so much. (laughs) I love that it's Peter that he calls. I love that it's Peter, yeah. And I also love that this is, again, confirmation that the DC Universe exists in the Ultimate Universe because he says, Hall of Justice, how may I help you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because Aunt May works at DC Comics. <laughs> we established this. <laughs> By now, 
she's got to be nearing editor in chief. Yeah, she's got I think, tenure. I was gonna say she's she's on she, the point of she's like, got tenure. She's got to be near the point of where she's gonna be president pretty soon. She she's probably. Uh, I would say she's probably editor of like the Justice League titles. I think she definitely had a hand in. I think she was the primary editor for Infinite Crisis at this point. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that yeah. was her big success. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, um, that's what skyrocketed her in the office. Yeah, yeah, I could she's, totally see that. Yeah, and she was also the one that went to bat for uh, this newcomer, Grant Morrison, to start working on Batman around this time. I think. Yeah. So she's got nine. Yeah. She's got an eye for talent, that May Parker. Yeah. Isn't she also a consultant for that new Arrowverse kind of sh- That's still gestating. Like it? That's like, still, yeah. like, okay. it's still... On yeah, the, I don't know if that'll pan out. I don't yeah, know. Okay. I don't know. We, right. we got to find the right actor for that first. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, and also, Star Wars, obviously, is in this, too, because he says, help me, Peter Parker. You're my only hope. Mm-hmm. I love, I love this. So, yeah, I love a Peter Parker who knows the name of Star Wars movies anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that one old movie, right? So God, drives me crazy. <laughs> so he agrees to call him back, and we find out that Aunt May is meeting with the vice principal to get Gwen back in school. Uh oh. Principal Suntress in the house. Hey, looking shout exactly out to, like good old John Suntress. Shout out to John Suntress. If you haven't lately, go listen to some Word Balloon. So wonderful some podcast. Word Balloon. Wonderful conversations. Podcast goals, if I might yeah. say. Yeah, for real. Uh, we cut to Midtown High in Queens, where Aunt May is having that meeting with uh, Principal Suntress. And he's you know that casual talk that you have yeah that casual talk that you have (laughs) they're recording a podcast in the in that meeting room so (laughs) aunt may has a signed letter from a doctor who works for shield saying that no she didn't actually die she's just been undercover in shield custody and she is now fine yeah and guess what who do you get to like you know like like recommendation of this basically oh it's just you know multi-billionaire tony stark just you know <laughs> this is just keep it, it cash it, it's a normal thing yeah. everybody knows a tony stark <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking to him right now we're facetiming right now the hilarity of this but also like like it's really serious yeah but it's such a funny scene really it's just deadpan and be like so you have a letter from shield the peacekeeping task force <laughs> that Gwen Stacy, who we all knew to be dead, was not actually dead. And then a letter of recommendation from Tony Stark, who yeah. is Iron Man. And you I don't see anything weird about that. <laughs> and I love this point where she goes, just let her back into class, back into her studies, let her have a chance at some sort of a normal life. And he goes, normal, normal life. life. <laughs> <laughs> this there's nothing normal about it. Mutants, Spider-Man, the Osborne family, they're voting to shut the entire school down. And you know what? In the real world, I kind of get it. Yeah. They probably yeah. do that. This would totally happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, How am I supposed to explain this to the other parents? A girl who's come back from the dead. And Aunt May has to be that like um actually um, we we said she's she's not dead we've said that she wasn't dead it, it's right there in the letter like <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of it she's just like 
I don't know anything about Spider-Man. All I know is Gwen's such a good girl. Her father was a policeman. He died. She deserves every chance she can get. And he just goes, sure. I I love him catching wise too. Like you see him figuring it out right there. Yeah. It's like Iron Man, Spider-Man. And then there's a beat. And then he kind of like looks there a little harder. Spider-Man. And he's figuring out like, oh shit, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. In real time. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, I love that you see that in real time. <laughs> no one thought that people would be able to just figure it out by this. Like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. This is weird ass soap opera shit. So, like, if this is real life for them, how would you not expect it to be the craziest thing? Like, oh, right. Uh, yeah, that girl who said, like, we said she died, uh, JK, lol. She actually wasn't dead. <laughs> so, we cut back to the date. And Johnny gets a call from Peter, who's like, "Hey, so I uh, th- think we'll uh, think we'll just maybe come to your side of town. We'll do a double date." And he goes, "Oh my God, Doctor Doom is back! Where?" And he just flies off. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, before he flies off, he loosens the tie too as he's starting to spark up. And classic. I, that's the coolest job because you know that suit <laughs> is probably very expensive, and now it is incinerated. Yeah. <laughs> It's not as cool as the jacket that he once lost. That's true. That jacket was so cool. That damn jacket just fits so well. It fit him very well. You even get one jacket that fits really well. Anyway, so he's flying, and who does he run into? It's our boy Blackie Drago, the vulture. Vulture. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, this design rules. It's so good. Rules. It's so good. It's so good. Like I've never seen the vultures look so well agile in this. Yeah. And so the two of them have this battle in the sky, which is really fun and a different. It it it's a different fight than we're used to in Spider books. And as he's about to give Johnny Storm the slip, who shows up? It's our girl Spider Woman. Yeah. Yes, giving a. I'm swinging it. I'm swinging it. <laughs> Hell you know yeah. what this? You know what this reminded me of? Fucking Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield yeah. is in Spider-Man number one. Oh yeah. Where he says those lines. Yeah. I love that shit. I love that shit. She's so cool. Interesting. God. And now Andrew on, Garfield playing a trans. Uh, no, I, and, and now I on, after we talked about it last time. Now I all I hear is fucking Nicole Maines. Oh. Like I just. Ugh. You put that's, you, that's, listen, you give me a Spider-Man movie that's Andrew Garfield and Nicole Maines being Bro, I'm in. I'm fucking I'm there. There. One hundred percent. That's Spider-Man three. That's amazing. You're Spider-Man fucking, three. Do yeah. it. Do it. Do it now. Also, I'm just <laughs> gonna be. We'll be right back after these <laughs> messages. I'm a mess right now. <laughs> also, quick side note: DC Pride next week. Nicole Maines has a story in that. Read Hell yeah, which is just yeah. up a dreamer original graphic novel, which is sick. You got you got to purchase excited. day one from this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. So Spider-Woman comes in and again is just the most efficient member of the spider family where she just straight up disables Vulture in two moves. And it's like, hey, Johnny. And he goes, wait, do I know you? She's like bye and she tries to swing away <laughs> and he he catches up to her and there's this moment where she swings away and he's like that's girlfriend material 
and uh-huh. immediately yeah. I'm like, I don't hate it. No, I, I don't hate it. it. No, I, really I actually want really, it. really dig it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really yeah. good. Please, please make this in the M- MCU as well. Please, I want this. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be so great. And so we cut to the next day. And our friends are gathering for a little get together. We've got, they're going to be getting together over, uh, over on Johnny's side of the town. We've got Kitty and Kong. Love seeing them together. We've got Peter and uh, Mary Jane. And who's playing fifth wheel? The girl from wrong side of the tracks. Which good for her, because being the fifth wheel is never fun. But if anybody can pull it off, it's Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they're all getting together. And we have this really nice moment, too, that calls back to Gwen and Kong's adversarial relationship way back when, before Gwen died. And, you know, she's like, oh, hey. And she she compliments Kong, and he's like, you remember me? She's like, Yeah. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Cause the last time they talked to each other, they were verbally jousting. Yeah. And it's, it's an awkward moment, but it's the first step to them healing that relationship, which I really, yeah. really did. I really I love dig. It. Really I love good. it. And so they go, they, they're heading out and they say, you know, in some foreshadowing bullshit, Aunt May goes, if it rains, take shelter immediately. They all run off doing their their best uh, weekenders thing, and all of a sudden, the weekenders. Tell me I'm wrong. And, <laughs> oh, oh my god! And, tell me I'm wrong. And Aunt May's kind of watching them leave, and then she sees cop car roll up, along with a detective car roll up. They ask May Parker. She's like, "Yes," and we get Detective Mary Lambeau and her partner, Detective Rodriguez. She says, are you the custodial guardian of Peter Parker? She's like, yes. Is he at home right now? No, no one is. I'm going to have to ask you to come down to the station with me for questioning. She says, about what? About his and your relationship to Spider-Man. And Aunt May gets arrested. I got to this page, and I'm like, what the fuck? No. Don't arrest Aunt May. What the hell? And then it starts to rain. Chapter so 130. This is, this is where we should talk about what ultimatum is. Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Because okay. I, I, this, the transition is too good. Um, so issue 130. Um, we cut back to the, uh, the police station, the 103rd, 103rd. And uh, doesn't have the same as nine nine, so nope. we then uh, we see. I don't know who this is supposed to be. Maybe it's yeah, me back. I don't know. Um, shouting, choose your side, choose your side, which is of course Civil War. Civil War. So I don't. I mean, Civil War already happened and is gone. I don't know why they're referencing that now. It's weird. Well, you know what? Maybe they're talking about a DC Comics thing. I thought it was because what uh, what year did this come out? This would be 2008. Oh, okay. 2008. Okay, so they're gearing up for Final Crisis. So they're like, choose your side. Are you on the side of Dark Side? Or are you, you know, are you on the side of the heroes? 
Oh, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. Because yeah. there was the whole choose your side with that. Yeah. Seven soldiers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You you, you sold me. That, that Grant Morrison's doing real stuff. They're doing real good. God, they're the greatest. They rule. <laughs> I love you, Grant. Um, I think somewhere Dallas Taylor's ears started twitching. <laughs> um, so may parker is brought through the police precinct and i just, i don't know what to feel at this point i'm like i mean maybe eventually we would have gotten here but i wasn't expecting this and so this uh this detective is trying to be peaceful about this curt but peaceful and it's very clear that uh somebody narked Suntress. Suntress. Suntress is a narc. Oh, I never man. would have pegged him as a narc, but no, he is. And so Aunt May is asking, you know, why am I here? And then coming in hot is bad cop, right? He's yeah. like, how about 25 years for aiding and abetting a fugitive from justice? Trying to get into her face. And it's just mm-hmm. like all of this stuff. And we get a little bit of uh, Aunt May's backstory, too flag burning on the steps of the un mm-hmm. awesome aunt may's hardcore aunt, aunt may was jane fonda basically yes yeah, <clears throat> yes yeah yes and so at a certain point there's a rumble and all the lights go out everyone leaves the room aunt may's left in there she slowly makes her way out of the room and finds that the precinct's empty all the lights are off doesn't know what's going on so she makes her way through and at one point the uh the masked person she finds her crumpled like in the corner saying it's all gone it's all gone aunt may steps outside and we see this horrific sight of a fairy just driven sideways into the street bodies everywhere and then we cut to a double page spread of Manhattan getting washed away by a giant tidal wave. Now let's talk some ultimatum. So ultimatum. Ultimatum is a gigantic event that they did across the ultimate line in 2008, uh, following the events of Ultimates 3, where the Scarlet Witch is killed uh and the ultimates have the ultimate scarlet witch is killed uh publicly and the ultimates are under attack and trying to figure out what's going on uh and it all comes down to magneto in the savage lands uh and uh now first off it is not magneto who actually killed the scarlet witch uh who actually killed the scarlet witch is someone else (laughs) but uh but so uh in that altercation with the ultimates magneto uh enraged makes off with mjolnir entirely takes mjolnir and disappears metal you see because Mm -hmm. it's metal uh (laughs) and disappears uh and so everyone just knows something's gonna happen and so ultimatum is magneto enacting a giant doomsday plan that he had years and years and years ago with Charles Xavier uh, that Charles just never thought he would actually be able to enact where he reverses the poles. He reverses the North and South poles on the planet. 
which wreck everything. It completely upends the natural order of things across the world, but especially in New York. And so New York, you get the biggest tidal wave that's ever happened. Uh, and everything just goes off the rails from there. Um, Ultimatum is a book where I, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on Ultimatum because Ultimatum is a bad book. It's a bad there's book. A, it's a there's bad a book. really good idea behind it. The really good idea is that these people have lives. Everyone in the Ultimate Universe has a life, right? Everyone has their own stories. Everyone has things going on. Everyone has things that are being led up to. Everyone has plots and plans in place. Perfect example. Last volume, you guys talked about how, you know, the beetle takes off with the venom suit for Latveria. Where is that going? What is that leading to? Yeah. Rocks on stuff for years, you know, building up. Where is that going? Where is that leading to? But one thing can completely dishevel all of that. And that is ultimatum. And that's something I kind of love about it. Like it's it's a bad it's, it's a bad book. We've established it's a bad that. Book. We will continue to establish that. But it feels like an event. It does feel like an event, mm-hmm. especially when you you know, you put all, or I'll, I'll say 90% of your superheroes based in New York uh-huh. and then have them face a natural disaster. Uh-huh. You know, so this sounds like, uh, I think the, the thing about Ultimatum for me was that uh, it shouldn't have been uh, Magneto as the villain. It should have been Graviton. Imagine Graviton yes. having the Absolutely. Yes. Make sense. and like, it would make more sense that yes. way. Yes, in, yes. In that sense. but that I will say... To counter as as maybe like a devil's advocate, this is exactly what Bendis has been saying about Magneto this whole time. Yes. Every uh-huh. single time something bad happens at the Triskelion, what is the first thing everyone says? The first thing is, oh, God, is Magneto. Is Magneto, is Magneto? Yes. They have yeah. sold how dangerous he is. He yeah. is the most powerful mutant. Yeah. And so, of course, he's capable of this. Yeah. And when given the right motivation... Of course, this is what he does. Can I read off the death list from Ultimatum Number Five? Ooh. Because Ultimatum Number Five has an in memoriam list, uh, which is very helpful. Please do. Um, so, the list of noted casualties. This is going to hurt, folks, because this is going to hurt. I know it hurts me every single time I think about it. Angel, Ooh. Beast, Blob, Cannonball. Rightfully so. Fuck Blob. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck Blob. In <Ugh. laughs> Ultimatum, folks, to, to it, illustrate it, it, how bad of a book, yeah. Blob, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to illustrate how bad of a book uh, Ultimatum is, Blob, who we just had a really wonderful character moment with a couple volumes ago. Yeah. Um, Blob bites off the head of the wasp and then eats <gasps> the wasp. And so Hank Pym, as Giant Man, grabs the Blob and bites off his head. That's that's ultimatum. Uh, anyway, so wow. <laughs> Cannonball, Captain Britain and the European Initiative, Cipher, Daredevil, Dazzler, oh, Dazzler, Forge, Doctor Emma Frost, Hard Drive, Juggernaut, Longshot, Lorelei, Madrox, Nightcrawler, Polaris, Psylocke, Hank Pym, Janet Pym, Doctor Franklin Storm. Dr. Stephen Strange, Sunspot, Syndicate, Thor, Toad, Victor Von Doom, or I'm sorry, Victor Van Dam, excuse me, Dr. Doom, Professor Xavier, Wolverine, 
Magneto, and the worst one, the worst one, Cyclops. There is a reason that I don't reread this. Because, because you think it's fine at the end, and then Cyclops goes and makes an announcement, like a speech on Capitol Steps, because everyone now knows that Magneto did this, and Cyclops gets assassinated. And who assassinated him? Who did it? Oh, you find out who did it after you find out that Dr. Doom is the one who killed the Scarlet Witch. Wow. Yeah. And so the thing kills Dr. Doom by squeezing his head, which is Good. insane. Good. But who killed Cyclops? Oh, it's just Quicksilver. <laughs> who isn't dead? Who we all thought who was dead at dead? this point? Who we all thought was yeah. dead? But now he has a different costume and Magneto's helmet and is starting a new brotherhood with a mystery person who spoilers that mystery person is later revealed to be the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Ultimatum sucks. Ultimatum sucks. <laughs> and there, sucks. there are a couple names that I do. I do want to want to highlight there. Uh, first of all, Cyclops. I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad I'm call. Pissed, especially because he gets the fucking kill of the event by ending Magneto. He's the one that mm -hmm. basically brings this to an end. He also inadvertently uh, helps murder Wolverine, which uh, I, I know which Wolverine, ultim ultimate kind of Wolverine. Awesome. I'm fine. It's kind it's of awesome. It, it's ultimate Wolverine. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I think the one that hurts the most, which we will talk about in a bit here, Dr. Stephen Strange. Dr. Stephen Strange. Yeah. Pedro Pascal deserves better than this. He totally did. The most appearances we've had of Ultimate Stephen Strange are literally in Ultimate Spider-Man. And it makes me like so mad. Two or three times. Literally makes me so mad. Yeah. Yeah. Waste. And, waste and it's it. not even, they don't even follow up on it with something cool because like, yeah, Wolverine dies and then we get the obviously superior Jimmy Hudson. Fuck yes. Right after that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Jimmy Hudson. Rocks. Dude, Jimmy Hudson honks. He <laughs> is incredible. That's and the I'm thing, so that... mad that he is canonically on Krakoa. Yes. We haven't yeah. seen him. Yes. I hope that they're saving him to be like a villain. I think no, it'd be really cool. I don't want him to be a villain. I think it'd be totally fine. I want him to take over the Wolverine book. Um, that'd be sweet. Him and Laura just fucking Wolverines. <sighs> God, that'd be awesome. So um, Wolverines and Daredevils. It is so wild that that like, should be the title of the book. Wolverines and Daredevils. Yes, <laughs> please. That's the crossover. That. Event. That's yeah. the crossover. I'm down. Uh, it's really interesting that Ultimatum and Ultimate uh, Ultimates Three are really terrible, shitty books. Yeah, it's written weird. I wonder who wrote those. Person. I wonder who wrote those. Ultimate weird. X is really good, which is unfortunately also written by that really shitty person. Yeah. But uh but drawn by art adams and that's the important thing that's the important thing the important <laughs> thing art adams is good much like <laughs> everything else that that shitty person has written yes yeah. it's got great artists it's got a it's got a great ass <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to spider-man and i love that we don't see their perspective on what of when this happened we cut to Spidey in real time. Yeah. Him trying to process what's going on. And yeah. he can't. All he can do is just let his body move. This is the tie-in portion. This is what makes this a really graceful tie-in is that it doesn't cover 
a lot of stuff that happens in the main book. He's not involved in the main story of Ultimatum whatsoever. Like he's he's pretty removed. Like we see the moment where the wave hits for him and everyone on the bus. We see the moment for them and we see the moment of him suiting up and leaving. Uh, and then we touch in on the a main book later in the main book yeah. of, you know, him running into the Hulk and then we cut into, oh, him at, you know, Sanctum. We'll get to all that. Well, but, no, but, but we don't see him. Or at, at least in this Spider-Man book, we don't see th- him. That's the thing. Yeah, we, we don't see it in the box. Yeah, I, I love that you, in order to get the full picture, you have to read both. I do like that. But, but I'm saying like, I, I love that it feels like an emergency in that way. Yeah. Like it's just, it cuts to him and he's already in action. He's Holy already shit. trying. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do. And so he just goes into superhero mode. He's like, I'm just going to try and save as many people as I can. Um, we get you this see, nice... he, got a, he got a pep talk from Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck told him, save one person. Just focus on one. That so, is a stunning impression, actually. That's how that's he sounds. Very like good. Robot man. Um, <laughs> but we see him dip, diving, dodge, diving, and dodging through <laughs> the water to save these people. Patches would be so proud. He would. If you can dodge a wave, you can dodge a ball. Um, <laughs> dodge, dip, and dive. And so he's at one point. We see him physically pick up a taxi and chuck it. Yeah. Like, awesome. Chuck he's, it up in the air and then web blast it. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone into that, like that mama bear mode where she's just lifting the car off of her child. Like mm-hmm. he's just chucking things it's because sweet. he is that strong and he always has been that strong. He just didn't know it. And we get the uh, telepathic report from Charles Xavier filling everybody in on what's happening. And then we see at a certain point, someone falls out of the taxi. He he tossed and he goes and dives in after them mm-hmm. and then we cut to the big reveal that magneto was the one that did this and he's got mjolnir i mean a great page drawn by Stuart eminent here. great page of magneto fucking really hard man spreading in this goddamn big man spread m like with that mjolnir just at the base of a chair and that his cape is- draping over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's... cape looks inc- or that chair looks incredibly uncomfortable, but the way he's sitting in it makes it look like it's the most comfortable chair anyone's it, ever sat in. I mean, it's a throne. He's sitting on the Iron Throne. Straight up. And when you see this art and this look for the suit, you can't say it looks bad. Like, this looks good. Yeah. Meh. It's a good so <laughs> we we cut back to Spidey. Also, uh, you got me thinking now. Nicolaj Costa Waldo as Magneto. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be a good pick, actually. Wow. That'd be great. Personally, yeah. uh, we see Spidey emerge out of the water with this person on his shoulders. Remember that it's a tool. Mm-hmm. I'll save for it's later. <laughs> and he <laughs> goes and unites her with some of the other survivors on a rooftop. He goes back to try and rescue the cab driver and you just see from the look on his face it's too late crushing absolutely crushing and i hate it um we cut to the l train where kitty pride is also in hero mode she's basically like okay so i'm gonna phase everybody out of here i'm gonna get you out and no one wants to go with her and she hits us with another quote a terminator quote take my hand if you want to live Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she's what? The girl who walks through fire. 
And water. And now water. And so she's able to lead people out. Uh, we see Aunt May helping people, trying to, you know, get the detective out from under the rubble. One of the telephone poles snaps and is about to fall on them. And there's our girl. There's our girl, Jessica Drew, popping in there, saving the saving the day and actually shouting out, Aunt May? And I love the detective reacting. Is this another one of yours? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And so we cut back to Battery Park, where uh, Kitty is just getting the last people out of the L train. Everyone is kind of embracing, and we... God, this broke my heart. Because Gwen's basically like, I just, I almost died again. Like, I just got back, and I almost died again. Broke my fucking heart. That's the good thing. About, again, that's the magic of these tie-ins. But that's the magic of like having an investment with these characters and just having their entire shit disheveled by a natural disaster is yeah. kind of genius because really? you don't think about that kind of stuff. Right. She literally just came back to life. Yeah. She just got her life back in general. This is her first day hanging out with friends again. And she almost lost it all again. Yeah. And that's an interesting perspective to have. And this once again, um, the parallels to a natural disaster or a disaster of any kind um, is the first thought they have, you know, after trying to center themselves is Peter went into it. Yeah. Like Peter ran into the danger. And I love the expression on Mary Jane's face where she says he'll make it because she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. She's saying it to convince herself as much as she is Gwen. And, and then, then you get a beautiful page oh, this page with turn. this with this caption box of come on peter stay safe and we see peter and the hulk and remember true believers last time peter was in the same place as the hulk he was trying not to be killed by the hulk in the middle yeah. of manhattan the hulk is a crazy person in the ultimate universe Got to chapter 131 with just the sickest cover. I fucking love this cover. And we cut back to the Daily Bugle. But not the Daily Bugle in New York. It's the Daily Bugle's emergency newsroom in Dover, New Jersey. Where we see Ben Urich. We see the rest of the Daily Bugle staff. And we see J. Jonah Jameson. And we, I, I love this moment too. Like Ben is on the phone and he's speaking to someone named Darla. And he's like, I love you and I never told you. And it's. I never even told you. <laughs> I never even said I care. All right, all right, all right. I love it. And this is a it's, good it's genuine, no, it, but it's genuinely like this really sad moment. Like, this feels like a disaster. Yeah. This it, feels. It's, it's the in most incredible moment of just realizing like how many people you've touched and is there any opportunities left and choices that you can make to make up for this disaster? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very beautiful. Very human. And we very have this, human. Yes. hundred percent. And we have this moment with Robbie where he's just like, have you heard from your wife? And Jonah's resigned. He says, she's dead. Everyone we know is dead. It's like, we don't know that. It's like, yes, we do. And 
I just, oh man, Ultimate J. Jonah Jameson's incredible. Because so here's first... another thing about with this. Yeah, go for it. Think about what year this is. This is taking place in 2000, which is only what? seven years after 9-11. Yeah. And again, in New York. This is the, I mean, and we don't know, like, you know, the extent of 9-11 or its reverberations in the Ultimate Universe at all. Like, we know that in the 616, but... Right. In the Ultimate Universe. But still, if we take into account, like, that this happened there, this is another moment of that. But on the even bigger scale, like, for any New Yorker, this is... What Jonah's feeling right here and expressing right here, that's the norm. That's what everyone's going through. Everything's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Like, I can't imagine, man. Like, it, it's it's a really, it's such a good idea for a story. And it just sucks that Ultimatum itself is really bad. Yeah. Because there's so many good facets and so many good character moments that can come out of it. It's just that the main book is such a bad book. And most of the times are so bad because it's just playing off of shock value and bullshit like that. And this, yeah. Spider-Man goes, ocean of it all. And said, no, let's do what Norman said in the first Spider-Man movie, the heart. The heart. Yeah. You know? And Malcolm and I were talking a little bit off mic before we started recording about another event on the DC side of things, Death Metal, which was mm-hmm. a bad event that had wonderful tie-ins. Wonderful tie-ins. And this is very much like that same thing because I've, I've read Ultimatum before. Did not like it one of my least favorite comic events I've ever read. But reading this now, I'm like, God, like what a great impetus for a story of Spidey supporting cast. Like obviously Spider-Man's going to throw himself into that situation. That's what he does. That's what Peter Parker does. But having him not be the focus and it be focused on his supporting cast is such a smart choice. Yeah. And the powerlessness they feel is incredible. Yeah. Um, like it's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful book. And Jonah has this beautiful moment where he's basically like, he says, Spider-Man, for months now, since since the day he arrived, all I've done is poke, poke at him, call him names, blame him for ever, anything. With the smallest string, I tie him to anything I could think of because it sells my papers. Because I thought it was funny. And today, today I looked out my window. The world was coming to an end. The world came to an end. I looked out my window, and what did I see? I saw a hero. I see this man, this hero, jumping in, not running away like we did. He jumped in and tried to save anyone he could. I'm completely ashamed of myself. And we get the most stunning double-page spread. It's my background. It's Jacob's background. It's this haunting beautiful image of Jonah in the Daily Bugle building. Water already rising up past the floor that he's on. And we see that moment that Spidey dove into the water to get that woman who fell in from his perspective. There are no words that can accurately describe this image. I like I got very emotional. Seeing this for the first time, I was not prepared for this because it's in those moments that, again, you have to recognize he's a 15 year old kid and he throws himself into danger like this, a danger that nobody has seen up to this point in the ultimate universe. And 
he's not allowing himself to be dissuaded by that. It's it's incredible. Incredible moment. And Jonah is just trying to process everything and he's like, whatever's happened, I'm going to tell the world what I know. I need to write. And he starts typing. And it's it's one of those like, it's one of those light bulb moments where like you suddenly you have a better understanding of a character. This is like the end of The Post, if anyone's ever seen this movie. Uh, yeah, that is exactly it's, what it's great. like. It's, it's great. It reminds me so much of that, where just like he he has this great little moment. He's like, I'm going to I'm going to tell the world. I'm going to have this Spider-Man. Everyone needs to know the truth about this Spider-Man. And he's like, I, I need to type and I type. And it just leads into Watergate. That's all it just leads into. Jacob, that is, we're going to talk about it, but that's what the Requiem issues are. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. They are literally what is he typing? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh man, that's so. Also, exciting. I'd be really interested in a Tom Hanks Jonah Jameson. Ooh, not the choice I would think of, but put him in that Saving Mr. Banks mustache. Yeah, I'd give him a shot okay. with it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he'd do great. I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we cut back to Queens, where Spider Woman basically yanks. Aunt May up into the sky. <laughs> put me down, put me down, put me down, put me down. <laughs> and so she takes her up to her roof and is basically like, look, uh, you got to stay safe. I got to go do something. And she's like, I know, like, you know me. You know Peter. And she's she says, you find him and you bring him back to me. He's all I have left. And I, I fucking broke down. Like I fucking <laughs> broke down. And then Jessica just saying, yes, ma'am. And swinging off. Yeah. And I was like, it was the same moment Perfect. with fucking invincible. The yes, yeah. ma'am. I was exactly. like, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Fucking go. And she so. just fucking swings off. Yeah. I need a book on ultimate Spider-Woman like right now. Specifically right now. Ultimate Spider-Woman plays a part in the ultimate universe after this. Ooh. I hate when you give me vague shit like this. It <laughs> makes me so mad. Um, but we cut back Great. with Spider-Man and just the most yoked Hulk I've ever seen in my entire life. That is like Frankenstein's monster on steroids. Yes. That's, the that's definition on him. Like, Jesus Christ. Throbbing veins. Like, every Throbbing veins. Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage could never. Like no, no, no. Bonesaw was not ready. Bonesaw was <laughs> would not be ready for this. Not <laughs> three minutes, more like three seconds. Yeah, exactly. And Spidey's like going through this entire inner monologue on like I I am not prepared to deal with this right now. <laughs> he tried to fucking kill me last time, and I can't do this. And then we have this beautiful moment where Hulk just looks down at me, just goes Hulk wet, and I fucking hear the Hulk theme. The moment he says that, just the piano, and I'm just, I'm, I got, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It's just, it's this moment where they are on the same level. They're yeah. on the same level, and he's like, "How did the Hulk get wet?" He just goes, "Water." Like, did you bring the water? He's like, "How Hulk bring water?" He's like, "Yeah, okay, I get it." And he's like, <laughs> "The water killed these people. I need to help people. Can I go do that? Will you let me do that?" And it's 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 like a child. Uh -huh. He can't comprehend what's happening. 
the Hulk. This is the most serene that Ultimate Hulk has ever been. He's just like uh, the water fell down. I yeah. love I love it, this simple Hulk. It's it, always yeah. the best. It feels like he's traumatized by this. He doesn't understand. Yes. He, and yes. he just keeps he repeating. Understand. Yeah. He's just, the water fell down. The Hulk is wet. And That's it's good. like, oh man. It feels like he's in it feels like if you've ever seen like in a film or anything, when someone's in shock. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. They keep repeating themselves and they keep, mm-hmm. they, they're not making any sense. And then finally he just goes, Hulk, help me. And he says, Hulk, help you. And the two of them go to work and I fucking love it. It's so good. Two of them were working together. Spidey's getting people out of buildings, dropping people, Hulk's catching them. It's, it's exactly the kind of moment you would want from something like this, from a disaster like this. It's people yes. coming together to help. Again, I, strong 9-11 imagery there. 100%. Strong. At one point, yeah. Hulk puts out a fire. Um, God, and this one's sad. With the coolest Hulk move ever, the thunderclap. The clap. The oh, thunderclap. Yeah, yeah. So tight. D&D move, man. Real yep. classic. <laughs> so tight. So, uh, and then, oh, God. This, oh, man. Uh, Spidey goes up to a, uh, a subway car to try and see if he can help anybody, and they're all gone. Um. And just the the panel of him like collapsing, he just doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And Hulk drops down. He starts talking about how hungry he is. He's starting to get back to himself. And then Spidey finds Daredevil. And there is an interesting continuity error here. Because he does know who he is. He does know who Mm -hmm. he is. But in Mm -hmm. this issue, he doesn't for some reason. Maybe, and, and to be fair, Spider-Man might not remember because the biggest thing about that moment is that he's told by Kingpin, oh yeah, that's Matthew Murdoch, he's my lawyer. Uh, right as like he's Kingpin's manipulating him and telling him like, no, he's he's your rat. Like he's the rat, he sold us out. And so that's that's what he focuses on so hard. I don't so know, I, but- I could understand him not remembering from like two weeks ago, I guess. I wouldn't. <laughs> Because it it has to, but he registers that that's his name. Like he knows him. I don't know. Um, Peter Parker does forget a lot of things. It's he's very yeah, but he he also a remembers lot a lot of things. Yeah, he also remembers a lot of things. Okay, his brain don't work so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he did have green webs for like one sec for a long time. Uh, for a so long time. Yeah. So, so <laughs> um, thank you for bringing that up, Jacob. You're welcome. That. Jacob, you're a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> you are a part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. <laughs> um, we do see that at a certain point, uh, Hulk powers down back to Bruce. Bruce has no idea. And he believes he does this. He did this for a second. And he's like, I want you to kill me. And he's like, you didn't do this. Like, it's okay. You didn't do this. And he hulks out again, goes to smash. Spidey is able to get away. Uh, Hulk starts chasing him. And then they come upon the ruins of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Mm-hmm. And immediately I'm just like, no, <laughs> not my boy, mm-hmm. not my dear, sweet Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of a sudden demons erupt from the roof of the Sanctum Sanctorum, which brings us to chapter 132. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Cue that Danny uh, Elfman music. Dude, straight up. The the multiverse of madness score slaps so best. hard. 
It's the one of the best Danny Elfman soundtracks. He's I need to go and just listen to it. Again. You need to just listen to yeah. track seven, a cup of tea. Oh yeah. Transcendental yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So we cut in and uh, Spidey's amazing friends Wait, are in th- Brooklyn. This is the best. This is the best like cover. This, this, right this cover rules. This it's not my favorite cover, cover but it, it rules. This, this, this is my cover. favorite one out of the, the this volume. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, it's it's Mary Jane attacking Shadowcat, not yeah. Kitty Pride. Shadowcat. Shadowcat in her dope yeah. as hell costume. Yeah. Um, we see everyone's climbing onto the roof. They're looking out and seeing the just the devastation, and they see this big pink blast of energy coming out of. Bleecker Street area. They see the upside down spilling into the real world. Oh yeah, it's my so god! True. Fuck. It is true. Um, and then there's this moment where Kitty goes, "God, I hope Peter's okay." And Mary Jane socks her on the jaw, whomps her. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> wallops this poor girl. Yeah, and she like Mary Jane is in shock, and she is taking it out on Kitty. And she's like, you sent him in there. I love the moment she goes to strangle her and Kitty phases through it. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. And she's like, you'll never understand. You'll never understand how much I love him. And she goes, of course I do. I love him as much as... Silence. Oh, such a great panel. Yeah. yeah. I love this scene. It's so good. And she steadies herself she's like i didn't send him he went in if i i would go in there too if i could get there you know that i would go too mary jane like collapses and she's just hysterical and mary jane says get him back help him and what does kitty do she's like fine and she fucking goes because kitty prides a fucking hero i love that her the panel of her falling through the ground or through the through the building, you can see that Kong is about to object. Yeah, that physical language is very strong, which I I love. Yeah, oh yeah. I, but there's literally nothing that he would be able to do to stop her, and that's you kind of get that in that final panel, him just kind of resigning to it. God, it's so good. It's so um, good. Yeah. We then cut to two months ago, and we get to see our boys, our strange boys. Stephen Strange Jr. and Wong. Mm. God, what we had. What we mm. had. Look at look at look at Stephen. Look at that deep V. Deep V, man. That that is pants. a Pedro Pascal shirt. Yes. That was made for Oberon Terrell. Like yes. I don't know what to tell you. That's hot. Yeah. Straight up. He, ba- he basically rock. he shows him this giant orb. He's basically like it's a doorway to the dark dimension that of this- course I keep in here. This is the, uh, this is the, he says it's the orb of Agamotto, uh, Agamotto, uh-huh. and instead uh, of the eye. No, it's, uh, it's Akmentata. It's different. Akmentata. Akmentata. It oh, is I different. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but still this, this is kind of his like, isn't that what this is though? It's like, his like eye thing a little bit. Well, but... no, I mean, he has no, the so, eye of Agamotto. Yeah, so. he, ha- oh, he, he has does. the eye of Agamotto. So oh, this is okay. just basically a door to the dark dimension. Oh, okay. Okay. The, right. the, this is the place sexy for sexy ass orb. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of hoping that in Doctor Strange 3, you know, maybe Cleo will have an orb just like this. See this orb mm-hmm. with this crazy bi-lighting? It's sick. It's crazy bisexual <laughs> lighting. And stepping out of it, Pedro Pascal. Dad? 
I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm Daddy? still. I'll keep pitching it until it happens. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. Daddy. That's what's gonna happen. It'd be awesome. Daddy? Is that you, and Daddy? it would be better than the shot that we get of stepping out of the orb. In I don't. This it may, it it hurts me on a fundamental level, on a spiritual Which is level. Upsetting. It is upsetting <laughs> because we see Doctor Strange walking out of this orb, and he's like, he's alive. He made it, and he didn't. Uh... And he, he is ugh, I hate a this. wreck. Now I this is this. this is also a different continuity thing from from uh uh uh, uh the 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 the, the uh, ultimatum story, like the main story in Ultimatum. Interesting. He's, he he's like dead dead when they stumble across him in the main Ultimatum book. Oh, it really? Make any sense. Yeah, it, I think it's like issue four. I think he's just like dead on the ground. Uh, <laughs> I thought what? this was I thought this was zombie. I was like zombies. I don't well, like this, it because he, he clearly drowned. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you have the water like pouring out of every orifice. Yeah. With that crooked smile. I don't like it. Nope. Yeah. Like this is nightmare fuel. Yes. Of course it is. Because this is nightmare. Nah. Nightmare has taken over. You got ahead body. of me. You got ahead of me. <laughs> but yeah, it's and he basically is like. Hey, I've met you before. You were a gorgeous vessel for me. And it pops back to that Doctor Strange issue from the worst Spider-Man volume. Where oh, we got to meet Nightmare. Bad. The worst Spider-Man volume. <laughs> so, and we see that Nightmare has possessed the dead body of Stephen Strange. And I don't like it. I don't like it. No. And using his nightmare powers, he makes Peter think he's fighting the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. He, he makes Hulk see all of his victims, which Ugh. is really interesting because Ultimate Hulk has a large body count. Yeah, yeah, he does. And then he makes yeah, and then he makes Peter see the the Sinister Six. I love oh, God just the the comments that the corpses are making to Hulk. Like you don't even know our names. Oh, I love like that. oh yeah so you're ugh. a monster you're nothing you should be dead you should kill yeah. yourself all these ugh. things that probably bruce banner has pretty much just like he thinks through. yeah 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 that's the thing it's not even hulk's nightmares it's bruce banner's nightmares yeah, yeah. that's very interesting and speaking of nightmares we get this horrific page where peter wakes up in the 616 for a moment yeah, what the sweater fuck? vest and all. <laughs> oh my god! The art change on this is so good. Yeah. So good. It doesn't look like Stuart Eminent anymore. It looks like Ramon Perez. Yep. Like, yeah. This looks just like those Ramon Perez issues of Amazing Spider-Man that he did like one point five through yeah, like one point one through one point five, where it's like yeah. the flashback story. Great. It looks issues. just like that. Great issues. That's so cool. And they're trying. They're trying to serve him classic wheat cakes. The whole deal. And then he looks up and fuck. Oh God. Uncle Ben just ugh, ugh. Yeah, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Um, just Walking Dead's, uh, you know, Uncle Ben, man. Yeah, just, it's terrible. Like, he finally he, he wakes up. <laughs> Strange nightmare is still there. Um, he's getting attacked on all sides by everything, and that's when we see Jessica Drew swinging in trying to get to Peter. And then I'm I'm assuming this is Nightmare's actual form because like more, the more he feeds off of 
uh, Peter and Bruce's nightmare fuel, the more like ion he becomes. So we get the actual like physical form of nightmare, his purple energy looking self. Starting to manifest is. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk gets his hands on him and fucking rips him in half, which is the coolest thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's what Hulk does. He rips people in half. And then he goes and he smashes the rest of the, the orb until it explodes. Giant, and again, we, we talked about the allusions to that previous event in New York and the mushroom cloud. It's yeah. it's hard to not see that. We come to chapter 133. Chapter 133 opens up right where 132 ends with that really ominous mushroom cloud in the middle of New York. Beautiful, beautiful art. Uh, we see... And one of the coolest things, we see the web burning off of uh, Spider-Woman's hand. And she's like trying to figure out what the hell happened. We see just this burning Hulk sees her and begins chasing her across the rooftops. She is barely able to escape while Hulk is distracted by missile fire from these helicopters. And he eventually... I think he gains control of himself and he just jumps away into the night. Uh, Jessica heads back to the ruins of the Sanctum Sanctorum, looks around, is trying to find any trace of Peter, and instead she finds Kitty Pride. Real quick, listeners, um, as we're going through this, this entire book has no words, no word balloons. Excellent point. It is all nothing but panels and action. Um, yeah there's not even any sfx yeah there's not even effects in it it's beautiful it's like a silent wally movie that's basically what it is it's it's basically it's just like the uh the nuff said month of marvel comics yeah Mm -hmm. like that grant morrison x-men issue one of the greatest x-men issues of all time (laughs) same um you know jessica goes to embrace kitty kitty phases right through her because she don't know her the two of them work together to go uh, help this family and help any survivors that they can. They collect everybody on a roof. Uh, these relief helicopters fly in. They're able to get people out. They head back to the ruins of the Sanctum. And they're calling out Peter's name. More water rushes through. And uh, they find a mask. They find Peter's mask. They keep calling out, more water's rushing through, there's no answer, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. We then cut to, I'm assuming, the next morning, uh, Gwen, Mary Jane, and Kong make their way back to uh, the Parker household, and Kitty walks up with a mask, hands it to Mary Jane, and that is where the issue ends. Finn. Finn just and that's it that's how the original run ends yeah like it is there there are no words just like this issue like there are no words to properly express how heavy this issue feels it's heartbreaking it really is and then we get a little coda get a little epilogue uh-huh. ultimatum spider-man requiem part one uh, we see we cut to the skies over Manhattan day after the ultimatum wave. 
Uh, there are relief efforts going on. Tony has enlisted every single Iron Man armor he has to help with the relief effort. Um, and the Daily Bugle staff has returned to their building. We get this haunting double-page spread of just the aftermath of New York and the Ultimatum Wave. We see, I think we see like, yeah, like a cruise liner on top of a building. Um, Daily Bugle, Empire State, Baxter, the Baxter building, building, they're all trashed. Uh-huh. It's haunting. Uh, they get into the building. The building's mostly fine from what it looks like on the inside, at least. And so Jonah is faced with all of the front pages calling Spider-Man a menace, blaming him for crimes. And he, again, says, you know, I need to, I need to write. And then Ben produces a, a USB. And he's like, on this is every story of mine you've ever killed. Most of them are Spider-Man stories, true Spider-Man stories. You should run them. And he's been holding on to it. So Jonah goes into the wreck, the wreckage of his office, opens up his laptop, plugs the USB in, and starts to go through these stories, starting with Stark Terrorist Threat slash Spider-Man. Headline being Stark Industries Victim of Terrorism, Spider-Man Saves Day. And then we cut to Stark International Manhattan months ago with a familiar artist. Our boy's back. Our boy is back. Mark Bagley is drawing this again. And it is a meeting between Mary Jane and Tony Stark. She's doing a piece on him. Essentially asking like, hey, you sp- you became Iron Man to get out of the weapons game. Why are you still building weapons? Which is a heavy subject. Mm-hmm. And something that I don't think Tony was prepared for this high schooler to ask him. Uh-uh. And he, you know, gives these excuses like I only sell them to the, to the good guys. You know, it's, it's, and I don't want to get too into the, uh, the current state of the world right now. But he's basically giving her the, the only thing that stops bad guys with a gun is a good guy with a gun speech. And she sees right through it. Uh-huh. As she should. And Tony isn't really able to give her a straight answer, which I guess is lucky for him because then Hydra busts through. Hydra zaps Tony, and we are introduced to the ultimate version of Lady Hydra. Yes! Oh, man. Really, Ooh. really cool, actually. Ooh, wee-woo. <laughs> um, so she, and I love just the blatant, like, hail Hydra, with her green hair <laughs> flopping in the wind. The whole thing was great. Uh, we cut to Peter Parker at uh, at the computer, and I just I missed I missed Bagley drawing Peter Parker. It's been what maybe like two three two weeks, weeks. Yeah. but like <laughs> I loved seeing him again. And so Hydra's there to take Tony's armors. However, Spidey swings in, gets Mary Jane out of there, and I just I love he puts her on the roof. And she's like, they have guns. And he's like, yeah, I have webs, big whoop. She's like, how did you know about this? He's like, no time. And he just dives out. It's the same thing that we saw with him diving into the water during the ultimatum wave. His body's just moving. It's hero time. 
We see him bust Whoa, through. Did you just say he's Ben 10? No. Because Stop it. Stop it. No, you just said Hero 10. Stop it. So Spidey busts through. He's taking on the entirety of Hydra by himself, which I love. At a certain point, uh, he gets zapped. Uh, but that opens the door for Tony to bring in his 616 armor. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird choice. Yeah, he's in the, he's specifically in like the extremis armor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's weird. Which is weird because, again, this was probably, this was happening around the same time as Civil War, um, Secret Invasion, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he has never worn this armor in the Ultimate Comics. Nope. Which leads me to believe that we've slipped back into Earth 1610B. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate ultimate universe. But Tony is able to disable the rest of Hydra, summons up the rest of his armors to clean house, including something that looks suspiciously like his later on superior Iron Man costume. But we won't get into that. Uh-huh. And at, at the end, I love he's like, uh, hey, this thing you did today, I'll, I'll not soon forget it. You ever need anything, you come to me. And Spider-Man goes, I can use free college tuition. And he's like, seriously, thanks. And he's like, I wasn't, I wasn't joking. And he just swings away, which I love. And we get the end of the article that Ben had written saying, hero is not a word I use lightly, but Spider-Man defines that word in every way. And at that moment, Ben walks in, he's like, hey, that article you're writing on Spider-Man, make it good. CNN says he's dead. You're writing his obituary. Which brings us to Ultimatum Spider-Man Requiem number two. We get this big, almost uh, Dark Knight Returns-esque spread of different uh, news uh, stories going on. We see Spider-Man in his proper armor. Uh, we see that the Fantastic Four are missing. Water is still being drained out of the city. People are trying to figure out how this happened. They talk about occult TV personality, Dr. Strange. It hurts every time. <laughs> um, the bodies of Daredevil's been found. Hulk was seen. It's just crazy. Uh, millions are dead and Jonah's writing. And he's he's basically doing what he was doing in that speech in Spider-Man two, right before Spidey takes the suit back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man was a hero. I just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, you know, I confess to you that on numerous occasions, I either tweaked a story to put blame on him or didn't run the story at all. One such story comes to mind and correct me if I'm wrong, Malcolm, but the current present day stuff is still, imminent right yes yes the current present day stuff will still be imminent all the flashback stuff is bagley and plus which i think is really cool i like that it's kind of a, a celebration of the previous volumes that came before and everything everything yeah <laughs> we cut to uh midtown high school queens new york some time ago not the some time ago of a day ago not some time ago, uh, oh, months no. ago. Where, where sorry, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. 
Jacob, you're in a circle. Don't worry. You got to you got to pull out of No. Stop. Don't you I I have gone weeks. I've gone weeks without you mentioning the fucking circles. Don't do this to me. <laughs> so, we find out that uh something's going on. Something's blown up outside. School gets canceled. The Hulk in all his green glory now is <laughs> this is why I'm saying this is happening in the same universe as Marvel team up because Iron Man's wearing his extremist armor and Hulk is green. Uh-huh. I don't understand. It's 1610 B. Um, <laughs> Spidey swings in, engages in some, uh, some fisticuffs with the Hulk. I like how at one point Hulk grabs a hold of him and just yeets him over the school. Yep. You just see him flailing. I hear the goofy, like, yeah, <laughs> like past. Um, and also when he comes back, the most satisfying wallop on the Hulk, just a great big old smack across the jaw. So good. And the two of them continue battling until a tank fires a mortar straight into Hulk's face. Uh, he goes and he throws the tank off and over to, I'm assuming, Brooklyn Bridge, maybe? Who knows? It's one of those bridges. New York's got a lot of them. Yeah. And Spidey goes off to try and save the people that he can because the uh, tank crashing into traffic there knocks a bus almost off of the off of the bridge into the water below. Spidey webs it, and he's trying to pull it up until the Hulk helps him out. Picks up the bus, sets it down on the road, and we get a very... And I don't think this is this is an accident. We see him standing in the same position that he was when Spidey finds him during Ultimatum. Shoulders are kind of slumped. His head is drooped. And he's just staring at the ground. And Spidey's like, okay, uh, let's, just, let's just chill out. Hulk reverts to Bruce Banner. And this is the first time they met. Bruce and Peter have a conversation. And he's like, they've been chasing me. They've been chasing me across, you know, across states. And they won't talk to me. They don't want to talk to me. They see me as a weapon. All they want to do is kill me. And Spidey's like, hey, look, everything's cool when this tank rolls up. And General Ross is just like, you need to both get on your knees. I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, dude, you saw him protect these kids. And he shoots. The bullet whizzes past Peter's head. And there's this great, you know, five panel sequential of the bullet nearing, getting closer and closer to Bruce as his skin starts to turn green. And the final panel is the bullet bouncing off Hulk's chest. So freaking cool. So cool. So he hulks out. He sees the fear in everyone's eyes and he leaps away rather than engage with these tanks. And Peter is just he can't process this he's like you saw he saved those kids you saw it ross the asshole that he is he's like move out and they just turn their tanks around they leave and it's it's crazy jonah writes you know when the story originally ran in my newspaper it ran with the headline army called as monster and spider-man team up to wreck city this was false this was a lie and jonah is putting his own journalistic integrity on blast here which I mm-hmm. love. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, putting he's uh, he's deframing himself. <laughs> yeah, and he's saying like, my obituary for Spider-Man is my confession, and not only for misrepresenting the story, 
but all the others. And then we get beautiful pages. Yes. Yes, we do. Several of these pages are from Team Up. Is that what these first two pages are? Yeah. Okay, so these first yeah. two pages, who's the artist on this? Uh, I am blanking on who the artist is on those. Um, let me look at it. While, while Malcolm looks that up, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read this. Uh, read this because I think this is beautiful. Do it. He writes, uh, my inability to understand what was driving him was probably what first led me down this path of deceit. Maybe it was the mystery of the full body costume and mask, the unknown, the indescribable. A man, the first of his kind, actually bouncing around this city, taking the law into his hands. This gave us slash me carte blanche to tear into him, to ridicule and attack. See, as a newspaper man all my life, I know as well as anyone that it is so easy to blame the boogeyman for the world's ills. It takes all the blame off the shoulders of our readers and ourselves. Why he dressed like this, I do not know. Fear of discovery? Showmanship? Secrets so dark he could never show his face to the world? We'll never know. All we will know about him as a human will come out of his recorded actions. A man-child as eager to capture a purse snatcher as he is to go up against whatever kinds of macabre the city has to offer. And as we well know now, every week there seems to be a new monstrosity or mutation either trying to harm us or confuse our natural order. And yes, as far as we know, Spider-Man was part of that disorder. And we get this gorgeous page of spider-man with the lizard and man thing yeah that is done by uh john toddle ben nice uh because that's who drew that issue gotcha he continues but all we really know about this spider-man the only inarguable fact is that he rose to every single challenge presented to him in the face of greed evil and maliciousness he stood his ground never asking for payment never asking for reward, and when the winds of society blew against him, when we in the media tore into him like wild animals, he did not waver. Whether we liked him or not, whether we appreciated him or not, he stood up and was counted. And that's against a backdrop, a double-page spread of Spidey versus Doc Ock. Uh-huh. From way back. That is from the Hollywood arc. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is the clearest indication to me of how much Bagley's art has changed from then to to this point yes because this is straight up just that page yeah and then uh, he continues there is slash was an ongoing argument in our newsroom that with the appearance of the world of a spider-man a thor or a captain america new kinds of criminals and villainy followed that the level of heroes seemed to beget the level of villains and or vice versa maybe that was true we'll never know but in retrospect All we can say is thank God someone stood up to those who would hurt us for gain. Thank God someone doesn't care what we think of them. With a full-page spread of Spider-Man encountering the Beatle for the first time. Yes! One can only imagine the hell that comes with a living life, that with living a life of moral certainty. Challenges and choices at every turn. Hard choices. Choices that men of honor and years of experience would have a hard time making, let alone a man-child thrust into a world he was only just beginning to understand. Imagine the weight of choices put before him every day. With a page from Ultimate Six. The moment when Norman brings Peter to the White House. To the White House. Uh 
Trevor Macy, him, Doc Ock, Electro, Sandman, Not Craven, and Peter. Then we get a page I didn't recognize. It's a new page for this. Cool. But it's, it's drawn by Bagley. Yeah. That's why I was like, I don't remember him drawing this. But it's Peter with the Ultimates. And it reads, And that in the end, because of these choices, this man-child will now stand among our greatest heroes. And he's there on the page with Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Hawkeye, Wasp, Scarlet Witch for some reason. <laughs> Uh, Hawkeye in the best Hawkeye costume ever, by the way. False. Uh, 100% <laughs> false. You don't what? know what you're talking about. That ultimate Hawkeye costume where he just looks like Bullseye is amazing. No. 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 Hard disagree. <laughs> it hurts too much. For, uh, oh, it's, it's like, so cool. It's, it's like bull, uh, uh, Bullseye killing like dead, Daredevil. That's kind of what yeah, it is. Yeah, I... Uh, if I was writing the ultimate books, he would have become Bullseye. Oh. <sighs> I figured that's what they were going to do with him. That that I get cool, it. Actually, uh, it cuts back to Jonah, present day, who writes: "As the days and weeks roll ahead, we will hear many heart-wrenching stories of bravery and selflessness. This I know: when this city falls, it rises to even greater glories. For most of us today, that idea is the only thing keeping us sane. But what I do hope against all hope is that no word I have written against this hero who has turned any of you." against the idea of helping your fellow man. Let the actions of our fallen hero guide you to do the right thing here in this our most desperate hour. Do not let one word I have written in the past dissuade you from being the person you need to be today. I may never know who Spider-Man was or why he did what he did. All I will know is that he would have wanted you to be your best today, New York. Do not falter. Do not weaken in the face of challenge. Do as he has done. And we get... Uh, a montage of heroes helping people, helping people out of the rubble, um, trying to clear a path. He writes, our better days are before us. May all of you rise to the occasion. May all of you get to live the life Spider-Man did. And we cut to one such scene in the rubble where we see Cap and Iron Man helping people out of the rubble uh, lifting it or holding a building up so people can escape it. Cap and Iron Man are helping with a relief effort. And at a certain point, Iron Man stops midair. You see he's checking a scanner and he points to a particular piece of rubble. And Steve's eyes, we see the focus on them. Because he dives to this pile of rubble and he's moving stuff. He's moving earth to try to get to it. And as he moves one piece of rock, we see a familiar suit. Steve digs further, and we see the body of Peter Parker. He lifts his lifeless body out of the ground, holding him close, cradling him. As Tony sets down next to Steve, he looks at Steve, or he lo Steve looks back at Tony. Tony shines a light onto Peter's face. And in the final panel of this run and of this volume, Peter's eyes flutter open. And that is the end of this volume. See, that's funny because, and this is gonna be very uncharacteristic for me, but especially at the end of Jonah's speech, at the end of Jonah's uh, obituary, if you will, 
the only music I could hear is the I think it's is it Horner? It's Horner who does the first Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you hear that first Amazing Spider-Man. So it's, it's that's very, exactly what I know, heard. It, yeah. It's the it's the Ben voicemail. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what I heard. Oh yeah. yeah, come on home. I mean, Peter. come on home, Peter. We need you. Yeah, it's it's very much that. Oh, I'm getting teary. I think about it right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. oh man. Oh, oh man. you just faded into the in existence there. Yeah, for, I was like, for oh. a second. <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely adore the ending of this book. Like, yeah, it's incredible. Though, again, and I think we've talked about this before. I think if they wanted to. And in a way, this volume kind of sets that up. This could have been the end of Peter and Jessica Drew would have taken over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that would have been amazing. With the focus on her in this volume. That would have been fine. I think they could have very easily set that up. Oh, my God. The the potential of the relationship between her and uh, uh, the Human Torch. Yep. Uh, Like, oh, my God. Trying to relate and be in school. Pretty much just being our new Peter Parker. Yeah. Oh, man. It would be so cool. I would be interested if Bendis did that as kind of a backup idea, just in case they didn't let him keep Peter. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a thing. Yeah. If I ever get in a room with Brian Michael Bendis. Is that the thing you're asking him? That's the thing I'm asking him because I'm asking him what was in the closet in New Avengers 26. Stop. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> mm. That's what I'm asking. Oh, man. So that wraps up volume 22 of Ultimate Spider-Man. Gentlemen, uh, final thoughts on this volume and what was your favorite part? I'm going to go to Jacob first. Oh, man. This, um, for, first of all, the, the, the one, the annual was everything for me. Um, the the new art style, I loved it. I love the anime feel of it. It also had my all time favorite villain, Spider Man villain, uh, number one. It's always Mysterio. Mysterio appearing in this thing, I was like, oh my god, where have you been, and why haven't you come sooner? Uh, that from leading to uh, during one of the things that i threw out this whole volume which was very it was pretty much a spider-man sandwich like the first and the last uh uh issues in this volume were like the best pieces of bread between this great amount of filling of spider-man-ness that you could get um we kept making the connection with the uh, with 9-11 for me it was a lot of very much hurricane katrina that's that's what a lot of the vibes was mm, coming it's from. Very it was very hurricane yeah. Katrina. That's what it felt like this was a response to. Yes. Um and um I wanted a little to point too out, soon also. Yeah, yeah. When was what, when was Hurricane that? Katrina was two thousand five? Yeah, yeah. He, so like three years maybe, after yeah, maybe he was yeah. a few years after. So it's it's very much that happening yeah. in New York City. That's yeah. Good. So yeah. Th- that's why I kind of like it really hit me because of just like oh this is this is very much katrina stuff a lot and um uh kong is also needs to be mentioned of how be, uh, great kong is in this um volume because of um when kitty is done catching like getting all the people from the subway out she's like exhausted and like and she like collapses into kong and she's like and he's just like are you okay and it's like yeah it's just a lot of people i gotta take a moment it's like all right we need to get out of here uh kong rules it's just being that this relationship between the two of them i need to have more i need more i needed to blossom more that and um 
Jonah having the change of heart. Me and me and Eric both had this moment of just uh, picking the exact same moment in in as our background for for this, and it was very yeah. funny because uh, I I went through like probably five other screenshots, and I decided on this one because <laughs> this was my this was the moment it, that got got me where. Peter Man, where, where Spider-Man was going to die. I knew Spider-Man was going to die right at this moment when Jonah just finally accepted like, hey, this guy is a hero. And it was just like, oh no, oh no, this is this is the moment because there's no way that Peter's going to live to see that, to see the change of his own boss, to see the change that he made from helping so many people, even to the bitter end. Uh, it made me upset. It made me cry, and the and you got and the 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 obituary that we have at the end is it's, it's incredible. This this is my favorite volume now uh, because wow. of just just because of how well drawn and well storied this was. It 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 did irk me a little bit that we still got the little bendicism of like um, when we cut to um, the Doctor Strange like two months ago and it was just like oh you just couldn't let it go you, you couldn't, couldn't let it help himself go through a whole volume without one flashback all right fine all right so but still this was a great way to end this whole run this this whole um i will end with this like this this made me reflect of the entire run of what we've read so far and i gotta say this has been I'm going to end it with this. This has been the ultimate Spider-Man experience I have had. It was, it gave me ups and downs and it left me wanting more. And um, yeah, I can't wait for whatever's next after this. Malcolm. So it's 2008, 2009. And uh. I've just graduated high school. Uh, and uh i'm i'm very uncertain about what i'm going to do in my life uh as far as going on and forward in a adult capacity um you know i'm signing up for community college here in tucson and i i uh you know i i it's it's the end of what i've known all my life i've pretty much known school you know it's a big it's a big gap uh but uh at the same time ultimatum's happening and ultimatum is also kind of the 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 end of a world if you will the end of a major status quo uh and i, I mean in a very lesser sense it was an easy comparison for me because i was a <laughs> dramatic 17 year old <laughs> weren't we all yeah who <laughs> I mean, wasn't yeah. you know all uh, the hormones baby this is always going to stick in my mind like like i said earlier ultimatum is a very bad event it's a very bad story, or I, I'm sorry, it's a very bad book and it had bad times, but it shouldn't be a bad story. And the ultimate Spider-Man stuff is the perfect proof of that. This, this is, it's a volume that I've read, it's one of the volumes I've read the least because it's very impactful, specifically with, uh, you know, like, like, like Jacob said, the sandwich of it all. The opening with the annual, I think, is wonderful. I think it's one of the best single issues. Um, and then the ending with the Requiem issues is unbelievable. Uh, it's it's a perfect footnote on that character. It's a perfect footnote on the run and everything that's led up to this point. Like you guys said, I mean, this could have been the end of Peter. And I actually would have been, I would have been pretty upset, but I would have been okay with it. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I love ultimate Peter Parker. He's, he's a great character, but I could have dealt. I could have been okay with it. Um, and by the end of it, you know, you know that it's going to somewhere else. It's all going to something else. Uh, they had already announced Ultimate Comics Spider-Man uh, and the Ultimate Comics line, uh, rebranding everything from Ultimate Blank to Ultimate Comics Blank. Um, so I knew that stuff was coming, but they played pretty coy of like who was going to be Spider-Man, trying to play off that like, oh, Spider-Man died, you know, uh, yada, yada. It's, it, it was a very interesting time. Um, but I was very excited for that purely because of how this made me feel at the end, how it closed the door perfectly. And I was ready for book two. Uh, I love this volume, man. I love it. Uh, that's my favorite part. Uh, Jonah realizing that Spider-Man's a hero because as Eric, as you perfectly pointed out, it reminds me exactly of a longer version of the Spider-Man 2 bit, which is my favorite scene in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Of Jonah being like, Spider-Man was a hero. Like, I didn't see it. You know, maybe I should have taken an easy on him. You know, he's the only one who could stop Octavius. Uh, it's it's perfect. So it's, we got two issues of that instead, which is wonderful. Uh, it's a great character mo- mo- moment for him. We've already seen a lot of great character moments for. Uh, it's awesome, man. Book rips. Now you yeah. guys are starting to understand why Ultimate Spider-Man is literally my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you know I get what? it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally makes sense. Yeah, because um, even when I'm, there's lows, you know, I mean, we we talked about the low of you know, the team up volume. And then it, you know, it comes into this and pays off like a slot machine with this, yeah. you know, the nightmare stuff is really impactful because we know how bad it could get, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like we were from it, everything, uh, not everything, but most things are set up and paid off perfectly. Yeah. And if it's not paid off is because it just got hit by a freight train, like the ultimatum. <sighs> wave. Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the same wavelength as both of you. This was incredible volume. I didn't know what I was going to get going into this. Cause I have read ultimatum and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> so I was curious how this was going to do as a tie-in, but it's, I mean, yes, of course it is absolutely a, a uh a tie-in to a larger event but if you just took this story by itself tweaked maybe a couple things with it this could be a standalone story no larger event required of just a natural disaster hitting new york and how everyone deals with it just a natural Uh, hurricane just actually taking over new york city how i love all the stuff that you guys mentioned but i do want to put a spotlight on everything with aunt may because everything involving her in this volume was chef's kiss yes from the meeting with uh, principal vice principal Suntress to the interrogation to her trying to help people to her getting that yes ma'am moment with jessica Mm -hmm. drew like it's perfection and perfectly encapsulates why this is my favorite anime it is it's it's incredible the entire uh the entire supporting cast for spider-man is on display here which i'm very excited about and i think it's fitting that this event ends and this book ends with the people that meant the most to him so reflecting on him right yes yeah 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 yeah. and that does it for volume 22 and for this original run of ultimate spider-man
Ultimate uh, Spider-Man has now been closed. Ultimate Spider-Man is officially closed. Before well, we talk about next week, right? Before we before we talk about next week, we've got some <laughs> Ultimate Mailbag. Yes. If you cool. uh, have questions for us, if you want to be part of the Ultimate Mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com. Put Ultimate Mailbag in the subject, and we will read them here. Like our good friend, uh, Santiago Barrera, I wanted to uh, read this because this is our first international mailbag. Oh, that's awesome. Santiago. Santiago writes, hi, Eric and his amazing friends. I'm Santiago writing to you from Colombia. Ah, I've been listening to your podcast for about a year. Thank you so much first of all, and enjoying every minute of it. I know you're still about a month away from it, but I have a recommendation for the last volume in the Ultimate Spider-Man book club, or at least the last Peter volume. When you get to the last volume, which I won't name just in case someone doesn't know the title of it, or for it completely spoils the ending, read it first and then watch this video. And he links a video. It says the video is an animated version of the last two or three issues, all with voice acting, music, and special sound effects it's a really cool spectacular if you will movie of the last arc of the run this little video was my first introduction into comics almost 10 years ago and now having read over 2,000 comics i can single-handedly attribute my love for this medium to that small video also i'd like to personally thank you for your podcast and your discussions on topics which are the part of my life i love the most keep up the great work santiago barrera i'm gonna i'm gonna forward the link to you guys but it's funny to me that he sent me this or sent us this <laughs> because i watched this video really really oh, i at the time wasn't reading ultimate spider-man because i was a punk ass kid who didn't have taste um <laughs> but i distinctly remember seeing this thumbnail and seeing the title of it and watching it. And that is how I experienced this arc for the first time. So it is a crazy, an absolutely crazy full, nope. An absolutely crazy Uh, uh, roundup, nope. Um, Say it. It's a crazy full circle moment. Yay! He's in a plane somewhere. Hard we did it, Joe. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Santiago. We, we uh, did it, Joe. Santiago. Uh, but we we will we will definitely be doing that. I'm gonna make that promise to you. We're gonna we're gonna read that volume when Ooh. we get to it. We're gonna watch this I am video. Excited to watch that video. I am. I am actually. Really I am forwarding it to. Um to both of these fine folks right now so they'll get it and uh yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great cannot wait for them to see it um but uh that brings us to the other piece of ultimate mailbag from good brother adam stringfellow adam has been writing in a a few times during the uh during the ultimate mailbag and is Wonderful person. Welcome back, Adam. Welcome back, Adam. Yeah. So he writes in, hey, team, which I love. Uh, I like that. 
Hope you all had a safe and fun Memorial Day weekend. I spent mine cooped up inside working on homework. Grad school is unforgiving. I get that. Absolutely get that. Uh, you're crushing it. He writes, so yeah, but... since this week y'all are talking about Ultimatum with Spider-Man, I had a question. And this is a big one, so I'm just going to kind of like one of the other questions we've got before I'm going to condense it. He asks, if the three of you could rewrite Ultimatum as the final story in the Ultimate Universe, how would you three go about it? Mm. We all know that saying Ultimatum is a problem is the understatement of the week. But if the three of you had a chance to rework it in your own way, what are the changes y'all would make? Would you have the characters go out on a high note, close the door on that universe, but leave it open for possible stories to continue? Or would you have it end on a very dire means, similar to an Order 66 type of ending, in lieu of the ending to Clone Wars? Would love to hear your thoughts about it in this week's podcast. Take care, y'all, and I'll talk to you soon. Best, Adam. So that's his first question. Oh, I'm going okay. to condense this. If you can do it in one sentence, how would you rework this? Who do you want first? <laughs> yeah, who do you want first? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first since I, I sprung this on the both of you. Um, and it doesn't have to be one sentence. I was kidding. But the way that Damn I would it, do I, this... I actually did think of a sentence. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was trying to condense it in my head. Okay. <laughs> if you want to condense it to one sentence, go for yeah, it. I'm bad sure. at that. I get yeah, too yeah. wordy. But the way I would do it is kind of what we talked about before. Make this straight up just natural disaster. Like this is something that hits New York. Everyone's there. Everyone has to deal with it. And people die. Heroes are bade. Heroes are de- Heroes are killed. But at the end of it, we get that relief moment and we kind of move into, and maybe it's just because I've watched, I watched it recently. It's the same ending as the Batman. You see heroes helping people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they say basically like, yeah, this sucks. We're going to have to rebuild, but we can rebuild. That would be my pitch. Um, we'll go to, we'll go to Jacob. Cause he said he had a sentence prepared. Um, Avengers, World's Mightiest Heroes, the Graviton arc of that. Yes, bitch. Yes, I love it. That is exactly what you do with this. Um, Instead of Magneto, which magnetism and when you mentioned the 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 pole the 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 North and South Pole, I was just like, and he manipulated that. I was just like, "Mm, isn't that more like a gravity thing uh, for like say Graviton doing something like that? Mm Because it sounds more of like uh his that kind of level of force and and control and power seems unfathomable if they would have like had that in the Tescacalian the, the, the uh when the ultimate six was happening it was just like oh norman osenberko is graviton still there and they're like yeah and he says like good okay that's all that we care about basically so having graviton escape in that same aspect uh listeners if you get the chance go uh watch uh avengers earth's mightiest heroes because that's what yeah just watch it in general watch it yeah just watch it in general it's the best show it's the best show but mainly the beginning of that season with um working up to yeah working this first season to like them introducing graviton and having this battle with graviton that that's where it that's where this that's where i would fix it it would be more about that kind of villain malcolm uh mine is not too dissimilar from yours eric um it, yeah, just honestly remove the villain. There's no villain. It's just something that happens. Uh, you know, call call it 
it, it, call it a, I don't know, just a natural freak of nature thing that kind of just happens across the world. But it's just a thing that happens. Um, you know, have, and you can even have it be that, you know, that first issue of Ultimatum is a bunch of giant plots that have been starting off, starting to pay off. You know, have a Latvian invasion, have, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Rocks on, like all this stuff that just starts to happen at one time. But then the earth just has this natural reaction to it mm -hmm. and it floods and it just destroys everything. And then, yeah, it becomes a story not unlike the Ultimate Spider-Man tie-ins where it's okay. There's no, there's no stopping the bag that like it, that. None of that matters. Save people. This yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man so, cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, treat it more like cataclysm in Which, in the dc universe yes yeah um and then he also writes p.s one more question if there's one thing you'd change about the ultimate spider-man run what would it be and we're just talking about those first 133 issues he says for me i'd have it so daredevil is spider-man's primary mentor slash older brother throughout the run with them meeting all the way back in volume two and daredevil essentially showing peter the ropes on how to be a more proficient crime fighter mm. I can Ooh. give I can give what I would change in two words. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> More Doctor Strange. <laughs> Replace all of the bullshit team up stuff with Doctor Strange stories. Uh, and you would make me a happy man. Uh, yeah. Um the only thing I would change just because it's it's so he was so close to the end of the series. Have Bagley finish out the entire run. And that's not a slight mm, against Stuart Eminem. Yeah. I love the Stuart Eminem stuff. Yeah. But have Bagley finish out the run. He yeah. he was done uh what that's his one twelve twenty-three issues yeah. away yeah. from the end of the run. Like let him finish out the run. Yeah. Let them have a giant 133 issue run together. Like it, he's so close, and that still bugs me to this day. <laughs> like, clearly, there was no planning in that. The Ultimate Universe is historical for not having good planning. So, yep. <laughs> uh, Jacob, uh, this was to change anything in the Ultimate anything. Universe. If you had anything to change one thing. Oh man, if I had to change one thing in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, 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 it was that um, it was that Deadpool volume. Um, if they would have, this is very specific. It's been bothering me for all of these volumes. If it would have just been a lot more like the the Spider Man Shattered Dimensions game, where pretty much it was just the Ninja Warrior uh, like uh, obstacle course and Spider Man like being thrown on this island, and it's still like a thing. I, I don't know. Like I love the idea of. Uh, pushing the uh everything that happened in that volume should have been should have been pushed even further yeah like more like it should have been amped up amped up even more like not so much to just the Ra ravengers like attacking spider-man but make them a part of the obstacle course that he needs to trap it should have For been sure. the world's world's most dangerous game deadpool style mm -hmm. like like it, a, a rompus like so so crazy and and him being chatty kathy all the whole time yeah. Uh, yeah. That that and like everything was in that. That there was more in that, like the, the Fantastic Four and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Just amp all of this, crank it to eleven. That's what I would have said. Just keep cranking everything to eleven, um, and don't. That's, even fair. That's I, fair. I'm changing my answer. I'm changing oh. my answer. 
Oh, yeah. Because what I would change is I would keep Kitty and Peter together. That is the one thing that I would change. Wow. Wow. Because I, and I talked, I've talked about it before. I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. Like, I love them together. Genuinely loved them together. And I wish they'd gotten more time. It makes sense why they didn't. I, of course, Peter and Mary Jane are the OTP, but I get it. I still like it better. Okay. I respect it. But. Thank you so much to Adam and Santiago for writing in. Once again, if you want to be part of our ultimate mailbag, write in, write your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com, put ultimate mailbag in the subject header, and we will read it here. And that wraps up this week. That wraps up this volume. That wraps up the original run, 133 issues and some change of Ultimate Spider-Man. Boy, what are we going to do next, huh? Well, we're, we're I'm glad disbanding. you asked. I'm glad right. you asked. Oh, we're not disbanding? No, I thought we were going to be the Beatles and just like disband for like 10 years and then come back. Like, oh, nice. Hey, hey s- slow your roll, Ringo. We got oh. we got some more legs left in us. <laughs> I wrote a song. That sucks. <laughs> Ringo. Yeah, look, but hey, I Ringo. wrote a song, guys. I wrote Ringo's song. still doing stuff, okay? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I want to be Ringo. Ringo's awesome. Yeah, he's great. So he's we are not, at, in fact, disbanding. We're actually going to scatter for the week <laughs> and we're going to regroup not in new york next week starting next week we're going to regroup in asgard <gasps> ladies and gentlemen we are taking a brief break from ultimate spider-man because we've got something that all three of us are very excited about coming out fairly soon thor love and thunder is going to be hitting theaters in early July and we've been talking about it. We've thought about it and we are going to take a detour from the adventures of Peter Parker in Earth 6 uh 1610 and make our way back to Thor Odinson on Earth 616 as we go through the entire Jason Aaron run of Thor yes this is going to be a blitz in the in the style of trying to cram everything too quickly and too much next week we are going to begin our sojourn into the tales of thor the god of thunder from the very first jason aaron issue to the very last jason aaron issue so next week We are starting with Thor, God of Thunder, issues 1 through 11. That is the God Butcher slash God Bomb storyline that they are drawing from in the uh, Thor 11 Thunder film. And I'm very excited about this because it's been a while since I've read all the way through this series. Um, I know Malcolm has read through this series. Hell yeah. And I believe it might be somebody's first time going through this. Uh, did you uh who is that did you guys get somebody else to be a part of this i didn't know like we were adding a fourth member here we didn't talk about this oh you mean me oh oh yeah yeah i i'm purchasing the the omnibus like right now on amazon (laughs) for a bit of a role reversal uh, is this right yeah this is right the the thor uh, jason whatever omnibus thing i'm just gonna if it's thor by jason aaron omnibus volume one then yes that should be correct 
Okay. For the first Can I time. Send you the link real quick, just in case. Um, I'm gonna send you the link. How about that? To make yeah. sure I know what I'm we're doing. We're doing uh we're doing a little bit of a role reversal. Jacob has never read through this series, so it's gonna be very fun revisiting this. I haven't read through a portion of it, but we're gonna be reading all the way from the birth of Gore the God Butcher through the wielding of Mjolnir by Jane Foster, all the way up to the War of the Realms. I am very excited about this. I cannot wait. Next week, mark your calendars. We begin the days of thunder. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, do not fret. Do not be concerned. Do not worry. Once the... Once the uh, Days of Thunder are over, it will be for the next 10 weeks, taking us into the beginning of August. But once we finish out the Days of Thunder, once we finish out the Jason Aaron Thor run over the next 10 weeks, we will be right back into Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 1. Brian Michael Bendis, David LaFuente, make sure you are marking your calendars. Do you want to give a synopsis for it right now? No, I'm (laughs) going to give you the synopsis for Jason Aaron's Thor God of Thunder volume one, issues one through 11. So here's the synopsis. A trail of blood consumes Thor's past, present, and future. Throughout the ages, gods are vanishing, and Thor must unravel the gruesome mystery of Gore the God Butcher. In the distant past, Thor discovers a cave that echoes with the cries of tortured gods. In the present, Thor follows the bloody wake of murdered gods across the depths of space. And millennia from now, the last god-king of Asgard makes his final stand against Gore's berserker legions. As Thors from three eras race to stop Gore, his scheme's full extent is revealed. What is the God Bomb? At the end of time, all the universe's gods are enslaved, building a machine that will forever change the face of creation. Three time-bending Thors unite, but will it all be for naught as the massive god bomb is triggered? So yeah, lots of fun stuff. Again, next week, Thor God of Thunder issues 1 through 11. For the next 10 weeks, we are going through the Days of Thunder. So tune in for that. Next week, part 1... Thor God of Thunder, issues 1 through 11, be there or be square, not a circle. But for now, for the Geek Explain Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I have been Malcolm Ross and Elson. Love Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. For Midgard!
Speaking of, great episode last week, guys. Nicely done. Thanks, man. Uh, Eric, how are you sleeping? Have you had dreams or nightmares about a, a Carnage Face Gwen? I actually did the night after the oh! night that we uh, the night that we recorded. Oh shit! One hundred percent did. Yep. Oh shit! I fucking because I was because uh, I was in Tucson. I was staying at my mom's house, and it was very late at night. I'm fucking. I'm sleeping. And like my mom's guest bed is a nice size bed. And I just remember I was dreaming, you know, those dreams that like you think you're like half awake for and you're just like you're laying in your room and then something weird happens. Yeah. Like I'm just laying in bed and I roll over. There she is. Fucking carnage face Gwen. I physically fell out of the bed. That's incredible. Like I fell out of the bed. I was terrified. <laughs> That's astonishing. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! It was terrifying. Oh my god! When did this it's, happen? This happened what, like the uh, the night the night after we yeah, recorded. Well, last after one. we recorded, yeah. yeah. All the dogs were barking in my neighborhood for some reason. I don't know why. At some specific point, fucking stop. It was like really weird. <laughs> fucking stop. Um, I'm gonna go back to Tucson just so I can hit you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> It's a long trip, but it's worth it. <laughs> I'll make the trip. I'll do it. He always does, though. <laughs> he always uh, does. 